It is a Monday. It is also game week. Finally, let's go. It is game week. UTEP coming to town on Saturday at 2.30 for Oklahoma. Sooner fans are fired up to watch the Brent Venables era of Oklahoma football get underway again coming up this Saturday at 2.30. Our pregame show right here on the rep begins at 8.30. Uh, Saturday morning. Looking forward to that. Parker Thune, let's start. I know everybody's talking about the depth chart. Everybody's talking about Nebraska, the implosion of the Huskers, and Scott Frost now starring in uh, Dead Man Walking 2. Can we get uh, Susan Sarandon back to uh, visit him before he goes to to be executed? That was not good. Not good at all. And Northwestern beat them up physically in the second half. That was a little bit surprising in that matchup. But Scott uh, Scott Frost again with the onside kick. We're going to get into that coming up in the second segment. But I want to start on Friday because everybody thought Macari Vickers, done deal for Oklahoma. People are thinking, man, it's 60%, maybe even better. Anthony Evans, the speedster out of Converse Judson, the four-star wide receiver, uh, was headed to Georgia, everybody thought. And then, boom, Anthony Evans commits to Oklahoma, and the Sooners are the number four class. I can't even speak. They're the number four class in the 247 rankings. And that was crazy how that went down. And what a get for Oklahoma. Oh, if only people knew all of what went down behind the scenes, Mike, in probably the last six to eight hours of that recruitment leading into Anthony Evans' decision. So that was on a Friday that the decision went down. Thursday night, Anthony Evans was going to be a bulldog. Friday morning, Anthony Evans was going to be a bulldog. Friday afternoon, we are on the air. Travis Davidson and I are on the air circa 115, 130. And in real time, I am trying to host this show while I am fielding frantic texts and calls from a multiplicity of sources about how Yo, Anthony Evans is coming to Oklahoma all of a sudden. Absolutely bizarre how this one went down because, again, for the longest time, Anthony Evans was going to be a Sooner. It was locked in. It was done. The Kale Gundy resignation left the door open for Georgia, but even so, it looked like Oklahoma was still in the safest position. Then about a week before the decision, Georgia started to make a surge. And the weekend before, I think things had officially shifted enough to the point where if you were in the Georgia circle, you could feel confident in your chances with Anthony Evans. And OU kept chopping wood, man, over the course of the last four or five days leading up to that Friday afternoon announcement from Anthony Evans. Did Jackson Arnold play a role, you think? uh, Yeah. I can tell you this much. Jackson Arnold and the rest of the Sooners commits absolutely play a role and a pretty crucial one. I'm not sure Anthony Evans is a Sooner right now in the absence of the role that they played. But the two guys that deserve a tip of the cap in all this are Brent Venables and Jeff Levy because they jumped in and were very hands-on down the stretch in the recruitment of Anthony Evans. But even so, it did not look like Oklahoma was going to be able to to woo Anthony Evans away from Georgia. Again, I held out on my prediction for you Oklahoma did. I heard for you. a very long time. I held out through Thursday night on into Friday morning, and ultimately what ended up happening, Mike, is Thursday night, LaDamian Washington reached out to Micah Tease 
And we had Micah Tease on this program Friday afternoon, and he confirmed, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been in touch with L.D. Washington, and OU's taking a look at me as a wide receiver. So when I found that out Thursday night, I was like, okay, that kind of would You're leave You're thinking there's yeah, no way they're getting Anthony Evans. The ship has sailed, but yeah. I held out on the prediction till Friday morning just to see if anything would change. Then about noon, I touched base with a couple people, was told, yeah, nothing's really changed. It's going to be Georgia. And at that point, I flipped the prediction. Not much more than an hour, hour and a half later, boom, all of a sudden Anthony Evans is right back in the boat with Oklahoma. This staff has done an unbelievable job before ever having coached a game, Mike, of selling this program to elite prospects all across the board at all different positions all over the country. I think that's what impresses me the most right now about this class is how variegated it is in so many different fashions. Right? You see something like 11 or 12 different states represented in Oklahoma's signing class as of right now, or commit class, I should say. You have seven top 100 prospects nationally, regardless of position. And if there is one position across the board right now, that you're kind of wondering, okay, the Sooners need to pick up another guy or two here or else you're going to be concerned. It's safety, but the Sooners are very much in the mix down the stretch for five-star Peyton Bowen, four-star Ryan Yates, four-star Conrad Hussey, and three-star Rohan Fluellen. So they're going to get their safeties. And so at this point, you have 22 commits. You have no glaring areas of weakness, and you're going to have the opportunity down the stretch to ink some huge names. There's a chance they end up with four, uh, five stars because they get DJ Hicks, they get uh, Peyton Bowen, and then again, what if they get Malachi Coleman? The Nebraska did themselves hey, no favors hey, over the gonna, weekend, right? I'm going to tell you this much, Mike, and we will discuss this in more detail on Locked In. It's sounding like Scott Frost just onside kicked the Malachi Coleman recruitment right into Brent Venable's lap. Yeah, That really yeah. is what it sounds like at this point. Well, and you're talking about if they get all those guys, you didn't even talk about Jordan Renaud, did you? No. You I mean, t- yeah, Hicks, t- Renaud, Tessilia Kana, Yates, Bowen, Bowen, Malachi Coleman, Marcus Steele. So many of these guys down the stretch that the Sooners have the opportunity to close on could – take what is already an elite class and push it into the national top The bottom line is the only class that Oklahoma will not be able to leapfrog will be Alabama. Exactly. They they could be number two. They could be number two. They could very well well be number two. There's an excellent chance that Oklahoma ends up with the number two class in the country. They're number four right now. And I know other schools are going to add other recruits, but when you're talking about uh, what Oklahoma could add, it is unbelievable. Yeah, somebody just tweeted this from uh, Wichita. The uh, Malachi Coleman tweets the other day uh, referring to Jackson Arnold and uh, Anthony Evans playing together. Listen, I've said it for weeks. I'm going to continue to say it. If Malachi Coleman isn't a Husker, he's going to be a Sooner. And the odds of him being a Husker are looking progressively slim. Yeah, that was ugly. That was definitely ugly on Saturday. We're going to talk a lot more about that in detail in the second segment. So when I look at, you know, the most satisfying commitments for Oklahoma, and again, I know you got to sign these kids, but I believe Brent's system will make the retention rate really, really good. 
Will they be – they've got 22 now. Will they go 20 for 22 for 22? Maybe not, but I don't think it'll be many that would decommit from Oklahoma. They might go 100%. Uh, you know, I'd say 100% is better than 75% if you ask me. But when you think about satisfying commitments, the one that I think – and maybe I'm wrong, I'm wrong a lot – Colton Vosick, when he signed with Oklahoma, that was big. You're like, what? Really? A kid from Austin whose dad who played at Texas – and then I put Anthony Evans, those two in the same group, because everybody thought, again, down to the 11th hour, that Anthony Evans was headed to Georgia. And this is going to be a miss for Oklahoma, one that they would, you know, think, man, we could have had this guy. He might be the fastest wideout in the country. He could be the next Hollywood Brown. He could be the next D.D. Westbrook. And then, again, he decides, you know what, I am going to Oklahoma. Is there anybody else in that mix where you think, wow, that's a huge get? Uh, as compared in the in the same regard as Anthony Evans and Colton Vosick? I think it's not going to get a whole lot more impressive than Vosick in this cycle when you're talking about the sheer surprise factor. Like, oh, shoot, oh, you actually got that kid. Uh, it will never get more impressive than Colton Vosick. Malachi Coleman will be close to on that same level just because in the eyes of many, he's been a mortal lock for Nebraska for months and months. And much like Vosick, He's in the backyard of one of Oklahoma's chief rivals up in Lincoln, Nebraska. So Coleman will be almost as impressive as Vosick if the Sooners can pull that one off. But as of right now, Vosick is easily the most impressive. I think you've got to be impressed with the way that the Sooner staff flipped that Evans recruitment at the 11th hour. And then a couple other guys that I'll throw in that don't get talked about a whole lot are Josiah Wagner and Keon Brown, two guys that committed to Oklahoma from over 1,000 miles away without ever having taken an official visit. Pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty impressive. So the rumors that is it – you think it might be accurate that the Oklahoma staff actually got a call that Anthony Evans was going to Georgia and then they got a call back? I Look, I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds here. Here's what I will say. And, and and there are those that have said, oh, Oklahoma was getting Anthony Evans all along. That Georgia stuff was all just smoke. Explain Micah Tease then, because that's the silver that's the silver bullet to that theory. Right? If the Sooners all of a sudden are contacting Micah Tease, a guy that they had a falling out with over whether he was going to play defensive back or wide receiver at the next level, if all of a sudden they start hitting him up less than 24 hours before Anthony Evans commits, and all of a sudden they're interested in Micah Tease as a wide receiver, make that make sense if they felt like they were getting Anthony Evans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was a great get for Oklahoma, and it overshadows the fact that the Sooners did get Macari Vickers, and that's a big get as well. Four-star safety out of Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, so, again, just a great Friday for the Sooners. So we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on. Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Thank you to our first-hour sponsor, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Family-owned and operated, doing a great job at Oklahoma City now in the Oklahoma City metro area for 50 15 years you have ac repair you need done give them a call 405-579-3113 that's 405-579-3113 lasher home comfort systems home of sooner fans on a game week monday mike steely parker thune will talk nebraska next it is a monday it is game week pregame show for the sooners and utep 
Coming up at 8.30 on a Saturday morning. Everybody's going to be involved. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm going Bart Scott here. I think this is, man, I can't remember a, a season that was, I mean, look, every Oklahoma football season, the fans are worked up to a fever pitch. I get it. But they're so excited to see how this Brent Vittables team does taking the field for the first time in a real game. All right. By the way, I will say this. Yes, Nebraska was a disaster over the weekend. but And the Sooners should go there and win. But that conversation out there, maybe a little bit that you're hearing, oh, it's a done deal. It's still going to be a game for Oklahoma. You've got to show up and play. Now, if they play, you know, solid football, they should absolutely go up there and win that game. But they're still going to get a, a good effort from Nebraska. I think that's a mistake to just automatically say that's 100% in the win column for Oklahoma. Now, again, there's some disturbing things that I did see and didn't see from Nebraska in that game over the weekend. Number one, their pass rush was non-existent. Absolutely non-existent pretty much all day. And then again, they got beat physically at the line of scrimmage, particularly in the second half, where Northwestern just kind of manhandled them. So, again, is it a good sign that Oklahoma should be able to go there and win by a couple touchdowns? Yes, if they play well. But still, that crowd's going to be fired up. Scott Frost, I know he's on the hot seat now. And, uh, you know, if things continue to go in the direction they're going, there's no way he's going to be employed in Lincoln. But to 100%, you know, that's the dangerous thing to do is say, yeah, that done deal, absolutely. Oklahoma's going to go win 49-14 to in Lincoln. Am I wrong? What do you think? Here's what I think, Mike. Well, first off, I want to read this text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line because it sums up the situation pretty well. It is remarkable how many ways Nebraska has found to lose a game. 5-21 and 21 for Scott Frost now in uh, one-score games. Which is astonishing. That, yeah, that's not and a that trend. And that falls back on coaching. I, I mean, that is a trend. That's not happenstance. That is something where you, again, you don't make a, you don't make a play, you don't make a right call. You know, you you can't be five and twenty-one and just say, you know, we've had rotten luck in these games. Yeah, that is not rotten luck. That is bad coaching. Yeah, that is bad yes. coaching. That falls back on coaching one thousand percent. And you don't have to look any further than the decision oh my to God. kick on yes. side up eleven in the third quarter. Like if you if you're Scott Frost, how do you defend that? And thankfully, he didn't try to. He basically said, you know. Like, I thought we could – first off, you weren't going to end the game there in the third quarter, even if you recovered. Secondly, you have to realize you're coaching for your job every single week this year. So you pushed all your chips to the middle for no reason. Yeah, and you just had – I mean, Casey Thompson had a really good first half, not so good second half. He did have the incredible scramble and throw, which was – you know, you thought, all right, there's the play of the game. Nebraska's going to win. Well, Scott Frost decided, you know what? No, 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 I don't think so. Well, here's the deal. Casey Thompson played a good football game, and Casey Thompson's a good quarterback. You are not going to win games in the Big Ten if you are giving up 500-plus yards of total offense, which is what Northwestern, which historically has not exactly been a prolific offensive team, put up on Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, the Holinsky kid was good, man. Uh, I thought he was a solid quarterback. Do we, can we play our Nebraska implodes opener and then hear from Scott Frost? All right, let's let's uh, first get to the Nebraska implodes opener because this is kind of the way it went for Nebraska Saturday.
Well done. Well it done. was not the way Scott Frost envisioned. Remember, he kept saying, oh, it's going to be different this year. You know, he felt better. Man, they were throwing up in practice left and right. I mean, there was vomit everywhere, everywhere. Every square inch of that practice field was covered in puke. And then Nebraska puked on itself, thanks to their head coach. Here is Scott Frost, Saturday after the uh, loss, 31-28, to Northwestern, uh, talking about the onside kick call. Uh, you know, in hindsight, didn't work. So anytime something doesn't work, you want it back. Uh, we've been talking to the kids about being aggressive and attacking this thing for weeks, and I think they did that. Um, part of it was we had we had a couple things that we wanted to be aggressive on. We had one earlier that we wanted to see if we got the look we wanted, and we we got a look is really good for it. And uh, I made that call, so that's on me. Um, you know, at the at that point in the game, I thought all the momentum was on our side. I thought if we got it, we could end the game. Um, and it, the way we were playing, uh, you know, I, I felt at that point like like we had a really good chance of winning the game, and I felt like maybe we were the better team. And you know, I, you, you can't really foresee them scoring 14 straight uh, and us sputtering after we'd played well to start the second half on offense. So. Again, those are excuses. If I had it over, I wouldn't make the call. You couldn't foresee them scoring 14 straight when with you, how atrocious your defense was playing? And when you hand them the ball at the 50-yard line, he should have ended it. I thought we had all the momentum in the game. Boom. Period. Listen. listen. Here's the thing. The call itself, the onside kick call, as a – as the element of surprise in a game where you're leading and trying to put a team away. I actually don't hate the concept, but that's not a call you make against Northwestern. That's a call you make against Oklahoma. If you're in if you're in that situation against Oklahoma three weeks from now, nobody is going to fault you if you try and do that in the third quarter of a football game. Because at that point, you got to do whatever you can to maintain the advantage that you have. Kansas State tried to do this very thing last year against Oklahoma. They attempted an onside kick, I believe, in the second quarter of that game while they were still leading, if my memory serves me correctly. And again, you can't second-guess Chris Kleiman on that because his football team's overmatched. you got to look for every opportunity you can to catch the other team by surprise and gain the upper hand by whatever means necessary. What was the worst call? Was it it the uh, mule shoe squib or the frost onside? I mean, it, circumstances. You got to go with the mule shoe squib. But yes, that aside, this is not something you do against a team that you just beat fifty-six to seven a year ago. This is not something you should feel the need to do against a team like that. Yeah, and then he he threw Mark Whipple under the bus afterwards too. Yeah, it's like you know, I mean, he's brand new offensive coordinator. I mean, first of all. Whipple got bussed by Pat Narduzzi about a month ago, and now he's being bussed by his own head coach. Unbelievable, We've got to be more like, creative, uh, you know, the win games in the Big Ten. It's like, dude, you tried to get creative, and guess what? It kicked you right in the backside. Scott Frost will no longer be employed by the University of Nebraska by November. His buyout drops significantly on October 1st, and I think that's the point at which you're going to start to – see some tangible progress being made from Athletic Director Trev Alberts and the Nebraska administration to part ways with Scott Frost. But after – here's here's what baffles me, Mike. 
after acknowledging that you screwed up on the onside kick call, how are you going to throw your offensive coordinator under the bus? Especially when the reason you lost was because your defense yeah. allowed 500-plus yeah. yards of total offense by Northwestern. It's the virtual equivalent of setting fire to the building and locking your staff in the office with you. Yeah, it was not cool. But uh, you know what? If, if Oklahoma goes there and they do win, and again, I'm cautioning fans to believe that this is going to be some pushover in Lincoln. Now, again, if both teams play well, Oklahoma wins the game, probably wins it by two touchdowns, maybe more. But if you think it's just an automatic waltz into Lincoln and go win, you know, 52 to 17 or something, uh, you know, I wouldn't be thinking that way. But if Oklahoma does do that, then that may be it for Scott Frost. That may be it. Uh, you know, if that happens, will he be, you know, at the podium for the press conference the following week? We'll have to wait and see. Okay, um, here is Scott Frost. Remember we played the soundbite leading up to the game where Scott Frost said, you know, I'm not worried about job security, not worrying about it, not worried, not thinking about it, blah, blah, blah. This year's going to be different. Sounds like he was a little bit worried about his job security Saturday. Well, you got to win in this business to keep your job. That's the way it is. Um, I love Nebraska. I love the state of Nebraska. I love these fans that sacrificed to come over here. I want to thank them. Um, the guys, the coaches, they did everything the right way leading up to this. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing about the way we handled the travel. Uh, the kids were dialed in. Um, I give Northwestern a lot of credit. Again, they, they were more physical than us, I, I thought, up front at times today, um, probably more than, than we were, and that was probably the difference. And um, we got to get this turned around. Yeah, there you, you do. Yeah. Yeah, you like do, Scotty. Right now, like right now. Golly. Man, and like you said, they, they beat them – like a rented mule last year in Lincoln. They had over 660 yards of offense. I think Northwestern had less than 300. They won 56-7. to Now, I wasn't expecting, again, a butt-kicking like that over the weekend, but I wasn't expecting Nebraska up twice by double digits in the game to completely implode the way it did. And, look, Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald has a history of, you know, one year Northwestern's not very good. The next year, you know, they're in contention maybe to go to the Rose Bowl or the Big Ten championship game. But – um, man, they, they they got after Nebraska in the second half. They got some help, obviously, from the Huskers head coach. But uh, as Scott Frost said in that sound clip, they also got physical, man, with Nebraska. They were the more physical team. And, again, I, I guess all that vomiting didn't help in the trenches that Scott Frost was telling us, telling us about, right? Interesting. Wow. And uh, again, if you thought the seat was hot, I mean, it's it's bla- it's a blazing inferno right now for Scott Frost. I will say this. I will say this. Nebraska's first game post Oklahoma is against Indiana on October first. If the Sooners defeat the Huskers, as we expect, the fallout there is twofold. One, I believe it secures Malachi Coleman. I believe the four-star athlete out of Lincoln is going to be a Sooner, assuming Oklahoma goes up to his hometown and wins on September 17th. Secondly, the first game they play after Oklahoma is Indiana on October 1st, which would be the first day that Trev Alberts can fire Scott Frost and not have to pay his buyout. All right, so if the Sooners lose to Indiana on that day. The Huskers, you mean. 
if the Huskers lose yes. to Indiana on that yeah, day. Parker's got us losing to Indiana. Are we playing <laughs> Indiana this year? What's up? If the Huskers lose to Indiana that day, it is the end of the line. If they lose to Purdue the following week, it is the end of the line. If they lose to Rutgers or Illinois, their other two opponents in the month of October. Basically, the first loss that Nebraska has in the month of October, regardless of when that comes, I believe signifies the end of the Scott Frost era. We may have to play end of the line traveling Wilburys coming back then because you mentioned that a few times. Now I've got that song in my head. Great song. All right, take a break right here. When we get back, the new depth chart is here. The new depth chart is here. It's right here. Ladies and gentlemen, hot off the press is not really. It's cooled off some, but we'll talk about it next here on Steelman and Thune at noon on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Oh, yes. Let's see. Uh, Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, and Jeff Lynn. You said Jeff Lynn twice. Did I think who? you missed Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison, yes. How could you look past Roy Orbison? What what a group that was. All right, welcome back. Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Network Saturday pregame begins at 8.30 right here. We'll be on uh, Campus Corner all over the place uh, Saturday getting ready for Oklahoma and UTEP. All right, the uh, Naven R. Johnson and the Jerk was very excited when the new phone book arrived, and Sooner fans are very, very excited that the new depth chart is here. Hopefully they won't have anybody shooting at oil cans while they're reading the depth chart, like what happened in the jerk. But anything surprise you? Um, yes. Which Actually, was, a couple things. All did. right. Uh, first off, I expected, I think as did many, that Marcus Stripling was going to be starting at the rush position for Oklahoma. But – Opposite Ethan Downs with the first string is Reggie Grimes. Mm-hmm. So, and Grimes was a guy that we talked about as probably the first, uh, basically the first relief option for either Downs or Stripling. He was a guy that was always going to play a good bit, regardless of which side of the line that happened on. But for him to open the season as the starter over Stripling is impressive to me. Says a lot about the offseason that Grimes has had. Uh, that was probably the one thing that I was most legitimately surprised by because it heard such good things about Stripling, and we've seen such good play from him in the past. It led you to believe that he was going to be first on the depth chart this year for OU. And again, I think Stripling's still going to play a whole bunch, uh, but I, I, I was kind of taken aback to see Grimes beat him out for that spot opposite Downs, who was always locked in as a starter uh, any way you slice it. Uh, Kendall Dennis, man, for him to be second string in the two deep at cornerback right behind Jaden Davis, what an outstanding offseason that kid has had. And what a rise it has been because he was on the scout team a year ago, Steely. There were walk-ons that were higher on the pecking Mm -hmm. order than Kendall Dennis. He has still never played a down of football for Oklahoma in an actual game. Not a meaningful down, a down period. He has never appeared in a game for the University of Oklahoma. So for him to supplant Joshua Eaton and hold off C.J. Colden for that second-string responsibility at cornerback, I was legitimately shocked by that because I knew he'd been good in preseason camp, and I knew he'd been running with the twos a little bit, 
but I still expected that spot to go to Eaton or Colden. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Kelly as a co-starter with Jalen Redmond makes sense, and I know there were there were a few folks that were uh, kind of taken aback by Kelly's presence as a co-starter alongside Redmond at defensive tackle. But you got to keep in mind Redmond has been a little bit banged up. Yeah, thus far he was in, in concussion protocol for a while. Yeah, and that's an or situation there. It right. is an yeah. or situation, so. and hey. I said last week it's going to be real hard at this rate for our Mason Thomas not to be in the two deep. Yeah. And lo and behold, he is. That kid, who man, Mike, that kid's going to be fun to watch. Reggie Grimes is the starter, and then you've got Marcus Stripling or our Mason Thomas, which means that our Mason Thomas is going to play some snaps too. Davis Bevel, uh, we've been hearing reports he was going to be the backup quarterback. He's number two on the depth chart. You've got General Booty and Nick Ebers in an or situation there. Running back, Eric Gray, one. Marcus Major, two. Then an or situation with Tawi Walker and Javante Barnes. Yeah, no Gavin Sawchuk. Does that mean maybe Gavin Sawchuk would be a redshirt guy? Possibly. I mean, normally you don't see guys that are that highly recruited, uh, you know, normally redshirting. But who knows? I don't think Gavin Sawchuk will redshirt. And I, I, I believe he will find the field for Oklahoma right off the bat. To me, more than anything else, uh, that says a lot about Tawi Walker. And that says a lot about that kid as a walk-on junior college transfer who hadn't played running back on a full-time basis until last year. I have been so impressed with Tawi Walker. And he was one of the standouts of spring ball. Played well. Oklahoma. Yeah, played well in that uh, game. Seems to have maintained that trajectory uh, into fall camp to the point where uh, I think he is poised to potentially uh, – as I look at that depth chart, I think it's pretty clear that Gray's the lead back. But I wonder just how big the gap is between Major and Tommy Walker slash Javante Barnes. Interesting. I think yeah. all four of those we'll guys could see carries against UTEP on Saturday. All right. And on the offensive line, kind of what we expected, Andrew Raymond center, the two guards, Chris Murray at right guard, McCabe Tower at left guard, Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris are the tackles. Harrison, the left tackle. Morris, the right tackle. Uh, wide receivers, uh, obviously pretty easy to predict. Theo Weiss, Jalil Farouk, and then it's slot Marvin Mims. Um, and uh, Zach Schmidt has won the kicking job, at least for now, listed as the number one uh, kicker. And, again, defensive backfield, there was some thought about what's happening there. We talked about Jaden Davis having a good camp, starter at corner. Uh, Woody Washington as the other corner. And then at the safety spots, Key Lawrence uh, and uh, Billy Bowman. And uh, Key Lawrence is in an or situation with Justin Broyles as well. So, be interesting. Sooners kick off 2.30 Saturday against UTEP. All right. Riverwind Casino, uh, they've been through these great promotions where you could win trips to go see Oklahoma football in action. They gave away five trips to the Oklahoma-Nebraska game and the race to the Red River promotion. People are very happy about that, who won those, obviously, by using their Riverwind wild card. They've also given away now three trips for the, uh, the the Battle of the Big Reds was the Nebraska promotion. The Race to the Red River was the OU Texas Red River Showdown promotion. And they gave away three of those trips. We've got big-time promotions coming up next month also. They're still celebrating right now their 16th birthday at Riverwind Casino throughout the remainder of August. Three more days. And again, i got to tell you, 
if you uh, if you're looking like man, where's my favorite gaming machine? I can't find it. There are three new locations right now where you can find them. If you can't find them on the electronic gaming floor, they're in the Showplace Theater. A lot of the gaming machines are there during the renovation. Also in the Skybridge, you've got Skybridge Gaming right now at Riverwind Casino and at the River Lounge. So this uh, renovation's going on, going to make Riverwind even m- more uh, exciting than it already is. But if you're looking for your favorite gaming machine, try one of those three spots, Showplace Theater, the Sky Bridge, or the River Lounge, where they've moved a lot of their gaming machines for the time being. All right, break time right here. Let's come back, talk what's ahead this week in college football, Oklahoma, UTEP, Saturday, 2.30, Sooners. We'll be on Fox again. Cowboys open up Thursday night. Central Michigan, Fox Sports 1, 6 o'clock at Boone Pickens Stadium. So we'll go to State Thursday, the Sooners on Saturday. Home of Sooner fans, Steelman and Thune, coming right back here on The Ref. It is Mike Steely and Parker Thune with you. Home of Sooner fans, The Ref Radio Network. Game week is finally here. Yes, sir. Let's go. Saturday, 2.30, Sooners and UTEP. Pre-game show begins at 8.30 right here on the ref. Cowboys will play Thursday night against Central Michigan. Man, memories of the Cooper Rush untimed down. What a nightmare that was for Oklahoma State. Uh, but I think the Cowboys will take care of business against uh, the Chippewas Thursday night. That's Fox Sports 1, 6 o'clock kick at Boone Pickens Stadium. Also in the... Uh, Big 12 this weekend. We've got the backyard brawl happening. West Virginia and Pitt will play uh, Thursday night. What is it? Acrisure, uh something like that. The new stadium. Uh, it's Heinz Field. But West Virginia and Pitt. Oh, yeah. Acrisure. Is that it? Yeah, I think, I think you are. It. I think you're right. Uh, we have a Friday game. Kansas playing on a Friday night against uh, Tennessee Tech. You also have a Friday night game with TCU playing at Colorado, that's a 9 o'clock kick Friday night on ESPN. Rest of the Big 12, uh, Southeast Missouri State and Iowa State, uh, Albany. Albany? What? Is that who Baylor's really playing? Did I write that down wrong? Good Lord. That that would be not good. South Dakota and Kansas State uh, in Manhattan, Murray State and Texas Tech, and the Quinn Ewers era begins with Louisiana Monroe coming to Austin this weekend. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a first week. Any of those matchups intrigue you at all? No, not in the Big 12. The matchups worth watching are elsewhere across the country. Obviously, you have Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's a big one. Oregon, Georgia is a big one. Kind of an understated yeah. big non-conference game to open the year is Cincinnati and Arkansas. In Fayetteville, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's going to be a big one. Utah at Florida in the Swamp. I, I think Utah wins that game and wins it handily, Mike. And, I mean, like, it's interesting. I, I mean, that's not an easy place for Utah to go win, but they're always so well coached. Whittingham does an unbelievable job there. And the I Gators just, under Billy Napier, first year. And, who and knows? Florida's favored in that game, too. And I just think I think Utah wins that game, and I don't know if it's particularly close. Am I drinking the Mormon Kool-Aid? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, Utah. I think they Utah's going to be a really good football they team. They were in right there with Ohio State last year in the Rose Bowl, right? Cam Rising, good player, uh, good coach again. Uh, obviously in Kyle Whittingham, and we'll see. But uh, they're in the swamp. That's a 6 o'clock kick. 
uh, Utah at Florida. You have uh, also Thursday night, Ball State at Tennessee. Josh Heupel doing pretty well at Tennessee so far. You got Penn State and Purdue in the Big Ten. Uh, Thursday night game on Fox at 7 o'clock. La Tech in Missouri on ESPNU at 7 o'clock on Thursday. But you mentioned the big ones. Uh, the, the big one is the ABC primetime game. Uh, number five, Notre Dame, and number two, Ohio State. We'll see what Jim Knowles does with the Buckeye defense because they were super explosive, C.J. Stroud, all those receivers. Uh, and I know they've lost a few, but they're still loaded at wide receiver. They've got C.J. Stroud back. They're always going to have guys that can run the football. But their defense was not good at all last year, and they brought Jim Knowles in uh, to try and resolve that issue. Notre Dame and Ohio State, Saturday night, 630 ABC. Oregon and Georgia, 2.30 on ABC from uh, Atlanta uh, with Dan Lanning going back to coach against uh, his old team, the Georgia Bulldogs. And then, as you said, Cincinnati, Arkansas, that's a big one right there for Sam Pittman and company. They've got some momentum now. Uh, They've also been recruiting pretty well uh, in Fayetteville as well. So Cincinnati and Arkansas, that's an ESPN game at 2.30. That'll be going on the same time as we have Oregon and Georgia. So there you go. Will the coaches' weekday press conferences ever be carried live? Contractually, we cannot do that right now, so we run back sound bites, and occasionally for we may be running that, you know, Brent's presser, which is at what eleven thirty tomorrow? Is it eleven thirty for Brent tomorrow? Eleven fifteen, I believe. Eleven fifteen for Brent. Uh, anyway. We got another listener asking, is this Jake McCoy actually a backup at Mike Linebacker? Yes. Yes, he is. And again, that's, the, we talked about depth issues there with the uh, TD roof injury, right? Yeah, Jake McCoy is a walk-on. Edmond, Oklahoma, your starters right now at the three linebacker positions, well, the two linebacker positions and Cheetah, respectively, are Danny Stutzman, David Aguebu, and Deshaun White. And kind of your second line of defense there is Shane Witter, and <laughs> beyond that, you're just you're just kind of cobbling it together. So yes, Jake McCoy is going to be a factor. I would think Jaron Canick gets a little bit of run as well. The Sooners are shorthanded at the linebacker position. They're going to need outstanding play and a lot of it, a lot of snaps. They're just going to need Danny Stutzman and David Aguayo to be on the field a lot, quite frankly. Because beyond those two, and depending on the look you're getting at Cheetah, whether it's Deshaun White or uh, whether Justin Harrington proves too good to keep off the field and they're uh, using him as kind of the roving, uh, basically the perfect summation of what the Cheetah position is, uh, then you may get Deshaun White uh, rotated into the mix with some looks at the will or the mic. But as of right now, yes, Jake McCoy is on the two deep. Who would have figured that even as recently as a month ago? Yeah. What, what, look at the previous text, though. You shouldn't assume you know how Oklahoma is going to play this year and quit trying to get a coach fired like the rest of the media. Scott Frost seems like he's trying to get himself fired <laughs> at this point. Right. Yeah, they're like, going to go, you know, this Mike Steely guy down there in Oklahoma says we should fire him. By the way, who's Mike Steely? Uh, he's a nobody down in Oklahoma. Oh, well, he says we should fire Scott Frost. Parker Parker Thune said the same thing. All right, let's call him in and fire him right now. But sports radio is your opinion. 
as to what's going to happen. It doesn't mean we're going to be right all the time. We're not. We're wrong a lot, but we're paid to give opinions. That's how it works in sports talk radio. I mean, we could come read stats every day, by the way. Oklahoma on third down is 8 out of 12. And I mean, you're paid to give opinions. Quit assuming you know how Oklahoma's going to play. I don't know, but I can give you my opinion how I think they're going to play. How about the O-line backups, says one listener, specifically the Sexton kid from Deer Creek. Yeah, Jake Sexton and Jake Taylor, both, both of them in the two deep. Both have been talked. Both were talked about uh, quite a bit, too. They've been mentioned in some of those, like I said. I'm just saying that we actually, they pay us to give opinions. That's how sports radio works. It's not a newscast. It's kind of like, you know, a column or an editorial. You may not agree with it. I don't suspect that you would, or I wouldn't expect you to, but that's what they pay us to do, give opinions and report the news as well, but a lot of opinions. Okay, got a break right here. Hour number one presented by our friends at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Call them, AC Repair. They'll get it taken care of for you. 405-579-3113. All right, more text on the way also, and we've got a lot more Sooner football to talk about next hour on The Ref. Welcome in, hour number two on a Monday, Game Week Monday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, here for hour number two. Great deal on a car, truck, SUV, or a used vehicle. You can find a great selection at the Seth Wadley Auto Group and a great guarantee after the sale, oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. So we're five days away from Sooner football kicking off on Saturday, three days away from the Cowboys starting against Central Michigan at Boone Pickens Stadium on Thursday night. I'm ready. Like I said, we kind of got a a mediocre appetizer Saturday, one that didn't taste very good for Scott Frost. It was tasting good there for a while when Nebraska had two double-digit leads in the game and then uh, the, the meal got nasty, the appetizer didn't go down well. Northwestern came back, won the game 31-28. to The Sooners' uh, opponent this week, UTEP, the Miners, lost at home to uh, North Texas 31-13. to That was a one-point game at halftime, but North Texas dominated the second half, won 31-13. Okay, so I'm watching college game day, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I don't get to watch college game day that much. Is it a good show? It's not what it used to be. It's certainly not inside the NBA, but well, I'll, what is? Yeah, nothing. That is the best uh, post-game show and pre-game show in sports. But um, I like Herb Street, Lee Corso, and I I feel for Lee Corso on the air. He he really shouldn't be on right now. But um, you know, and, and I've got uh, Reese Davis. I think is an excellent host. Uh, but they went through all the conferences, and you probably saw it because we were all so starved for any football information. Uh, you probably watched uh, game day Saturday. And when they got to the Big 12, uh, Lee Corso picked Texas to win. Lee Corso's going Longhorns. Uh, Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreet both picked Baylor. The only guy to pick Oklahoma was David Pollock. And here we go. This is what David Pollack had to say about picking the Sooners to win the league. There are a lot of different directions you can go in there. And Oklahoma sort of having to rebuild everything with Brent Venables and the quarterback being gone and uh, just a totally new approach in Norman. 
Yeah, and losing 40% of the roster, so you've got to be an idiot to say Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12. I think Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12. I, I just trust <laughs> Jeff Levy. I, I think Jeff Levy is one of the best OCs in all of college football. I'd put him on the top five in a list. To go with Brent Venables, who is one of the best defensive minds in all of college football, I think Venables will bring that toughness, that attitude. You see him on a leash every game, Kirk, on the sidelines. They're having to hold him back because he wants to get on the field, and I just – I look forward to seeing that in Norman and seeing more toughness, and, and I'm going to ride with Oklahoma. Translation, Brent Venable's got that dog in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. By the way, uh, Desmond Howard, Desmond Howard picked in his playoff bracket Texas A&M, Pittsburgh, Baylor, and Michigan. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Baylor, I, I disagree, but it's a somewhat understandable pick. That's going to be a good football team. Michigan, again, I disagree, but you could get much, much more outlandish than that. Yeah, yeah. Texas A&M and Pittsburgh are where this thing falls off the wagon yeah, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Texas A&M went 8-4, and four, and I know like everybody's drinking the Aggie Kool-Aid heading into this year, but where does Pittsburgh come from? How in the world? Keaton Slovis is the man, right? Uh, he, he better be a demigod if Pittsburgh is going to emerge from the ACC as a one-loss champion and make the college football playoff. You know, even NC State would be less outlandish than Pitt, right? By far. And, and no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, Clemson, I think, is going to have a bounce back year. I think they'll very much be in the mix. But, um, yeah, I saw that. And sometimes, you know, I always try and think, all right, guys, we got to get a little different here. You know, we can't have these same teams in here. Somebody please put a few teams in there that are different. And maybe Desmond Howard was that guy. Because I'm looking at that and I'm like, what? A&M and Pitt. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Sometimes in the world that we live in, you get more attention for the stupid things you say or the outlandish things you say than you do for saying something that's reasonably intelligent, which is maybe a commentary on our society. The more, well, the more moronic and ironic that you are, sometimes you get more attention. Now, again, you may, you may wind up on freezing cold takes. Old takes exposed, whatever. But in the moment, you know, that was, the, the, you know, and I joined, there were a bunch of people, you know, that were tweeting within like minutes of when Desmond Howard made that proclamation that it would be A&M Pitt. And like you said, Baylor and Michigan, those aren't outlandish picks. Baylor could win the league. The only reason I like Oklahoma over, again, Baylor and Oklahoma State are going to be good. I think K-State will be a challenge. But Oklahoma has those games at home. That's the edge to me right there. And plus, I think they're going to be better on defense. I don't think they're going to be the 85 Bears or anything, but I think they're going to be better, even though they lost all that talent. Have I told you about the only time I've ever been freezing cold takes? You have not, I don't think. Uh, so I tweeted back in, like, July of 2020 that Caleb Williams was going to start for Oklahoma as a true freshman. And freezing cold takes pulled the receipts – the second that Spencer Rattler took the first snap of the season. But then, of course, come October 9th, I was lighting a victory stogie and freezing cold takesing freezing cold takes. Did, did you? 
Oh, I did. Good. Did they offer an apology? No, no, they did. I mean, it's it's an automated account. It yeah. has to be, right? Yeah. I, I don't like, know. Like, they're not tweeting personal things. They're just tweeting screenshots. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Uh, so somebody was asking about Clayton Smith. Where is Clayton Smith on the depth uh, chart? Yeah, I, didn't, well, I didn't see him. Yeah, he's not on the depth chart, at least not on the too deep at defensive end. And that says a lot about the emergence of R. Mason Thomas, more so than anything else. And there were four guys that you knew were going to be in the two deep. Ethan Downs, Jonah Laulu, Marcus Stripling, Reggie Grimes. Those guys' status was never in question, but especially coming off the year that Clayton Smith had a season ago where he was underweight, didn't really, uh, didn't really do a whole lot in terms of tangible production, in the limited playing time that he saw. He needed to bulk up in the offseason. He did. But my concern with Clayton Smith right now, and it's been this way for a few months, is that until he bulks up even more, I'm not sure there's a true fit for him in Brent Venable's defense. I actually think he was a much more natural fit in Alex Grinch's scheme where you had the rush linebacker, the Nick Benito type, because that was Clayton Smith. And look, as R. Mason Thomas has proved this fall camp, you can be cut from that cloth and still make your way up the depth chart. But right now, it looks like R. Mason Thomas has the upper hand on Clayton Smith. So his rise has come at the expense of Smith. That's what it appears to me. Yeah, and uh, also on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, they're asking about uh, Kip Lewis, the young linebackers, uh, what's going on there. And, again, you're looking at the uh, depth chart. And, again, He's a true all freshman. those guys, Kobe McKenzie, yeah. Kip Lewis. Uh, who's the other guy that I'm leaving out? Jaron Canick. Jaron Canick, obviously. Yeah. And Jaron Canick Jaren is, on the, he is on the 2D. But, yes. wait, look, here's the thing. With Kobe, or with a Kip Lewis, excuse me, he's a true freshman and he's underweight. For Kobe McKenzie, he's a true freshman and he's not. He doesn't have the capacity to play at P five speed right now. Now he can there get there, and he can factor into the picture at linebacker by season's end. I think he'll certainly have the opportunity, given how short-handed Oklahoma is in the linebacking core. But McKenzie and Lewis are two guys that are not nearly as close to immediate playing time as Jaron Kanick is. Yeah, and Jaron Kanick, again, as you mentioned, was listed on uh, on the two deep at uh, Mike Linebacker. It was uh, David Aguebu, uh and then Jake McCoy or Jaron Kanick. So there you go. By the way, uh, from the 918, have you seen the USC hype video? Freaking mule shoe using OU's Baker and Kyler in it. What a bunch of idiots. Is that right? I haven't seen this. I uh, did this like come out today? Did I miss that? I I saw a thumbnail of the video on social media. Hmm. Yeah, I sent my shot across the bow to Mule Shoe this weekend, and he still won't block me. I don't know why. I mean, I've been very I've been very blockable for. I thought you blocked him. I did block him for a while, and then I started seeing some of this stuff come out. So I wanted to be able to come back. At what he said, so I unblocked Mule Shoe, hoping I could say something that would get him to block me, and he just won't do it. Okay, we got to check this out. That would be something. Uh, th- that would be very Mule Shoe-ish if he did that. I need to check it out. 
I he probably did. I don't think this texture is yeah making things up. But I I had not watched through the video. I'll do that in the next break. But we can have another reason to laugh and poke fun at Mule Shoe if this is the case. Five o'clock, they have rice at the Coliseum coming up this weekend. All right, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we always want to hear from you. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. All right, let's get a couple more before we hit a break here. So, Texas is coming off a 5-7 and seven year with a head coach that has already proven at more than one school he is not a championship-level coach. And they are start- starting a quarterback that has never started a college game but Texas is going to win the Big 12. Corso is living on another planet. You know, I give Lee Corso a break right now. Like I said, he probably shouldn't even be on, on the air. I'm sure that's a difficult d- decision if he wants to keep going, to have to go to him and say, Lee, we, we need you. You know, They've clearly put him in more of a reserved role or more of a, a backup role. Um, and I like Lee Corso a lot. I think he's been great. But he's just, you know, he's just at that age where you know, it's difficult. Really difficult. USC used Baker, K-1, and Jalen. That was about the first minute of their video. Okay. I, I can't wait to watch this now. Okay. We're, we're going to have to – in the break, we're going to examine this video. And when we come back, we will poke fun at Mule Shoe for a million different reasons. That, I mean, that is not cool. That's just not cool. But does it surprise me? Absolutely not. Because Mule Shoe has no shame. We know that. All right, neither do I, but at least he has more than I do, or less shame than I do. Or, I don't know. It's pretty close, actually. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mike Steely Parker Thune here on the home of Sooner fans. The ref coming right back. I'll tell you who's in the pictures in the uh, USC video. The video. Yes, Baker, Kyler, Jalen Hurts. Not quite as bad as I thought it would be, but still not cool. What did you think? Of the video? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, look. He's trying to portray, portray himself as the quarterback whisperer. That's what he's trying I, to do. I get it. I get it, but at the same time, it's a I understand why it, runs, yeah. uh, why it rubs on yeah, you fans absolutely. the wrong way. Yeah. He was the head coach and play caller for those three. So he does have some claim to them, but you definitely understand the OU perspective on it too, which is those are our players. They performed for our institution. They won Heisman trophies or in Jalen Hurts case, we're runner up for the Heisman trophy in our uniform. You do not get to lay claim to those players without a fight from us. Absolutely, yes. I mean, you—if you're a Sooner fan, you should be taking up that it is, sword like Jon Snow in the in the. It is kind meme. of weird, though. And, and here's the thing: I understand why Lincoln Riley is trying to claim those three, as I just explained. But it is kind of weird for USC to be featuring said players in the video. Like, it's one thing to have those players being talked about in the voiceover, right? But in your hype video. You are prominently featuring players that never played for your university. Yeah, yeah and I get I get why OU fans are mad. Like I said, it's not as bad as I thought because I, I was picturing like those guys running around in OU uniforms, you know, in a five second clip or something. And it was basically, you know, Baker, 
video Baker again being the first draft pick and Kyler being the first draft pick and, you know, all of that stuff. So, But I, if I'm an Oklahoma fan, yeah, I, I definitely don't like that. I don't like that. Muleshoe still feels to me like, look, the guy knows what he's doing. He's a good offensive mind. I'm not sure where he is as a head coach, but he's a good, possibly great offensive mind. But it also feels like he's the uh, the kid who went to private school that was given the keys to a really cool car and thinks he's cooler than the other kids because he's got the cool car, uh, you know. And he earned that. He didn't. You know, everybody knows a guy like that. And then again, he's not that he hasn't failed up, but he still, you know, it's kind of like it's almost like the the Kingsbury deal to a certain extent where Cliff Kingsbury goes to SC and all of a sudden he's in the NFL. Now Lincoln Riley didn't fail at OU. He just didn't, you know, uh, upgrade the program eventually. Um, I don't think in terms of getting them where they need to be in terms of trying to win a national championship. Well, here's a good point. They were regressing. It was a slow regression, but there was a regression. And here's a good point on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If Venables did a video featuring Clemson players, that's the thing. We're going to have a scene setter this Saturday from our own Toby Rowland. I can I can make a pretty confident guess that said video is not going to include Ben Bulware or Isaiah Simmons or no. James Skalski, right? Probably not. It might feature Brent Venables hoisting a trophy in a Clemson hoodie or something. But that's going to be the extent of Clemson's involvement. It just seems very bizarre for USC to be putting out a hype video about their program that prominently features players that never played for their program. Yeah, very strange. Very strange. Like, uh, maybe in the Jeff Levy promotional video, there should be all kinds of Matt Corral footage, you know. Uh, that OU put out, which I wouldn't think that would do. Like I said, is this as egregious as some of the stuff he's done? No. I get what he's trying to do, but it's it's just sleazy mule shoe. Oklahoma Johnny says, once again, mule shoe wants to make sure it's all about him and his supposed genius. Perfect for the look at me culture in L.A. I can't disagree. I cannot disagree. You think Brent is the guy who's trying to put the attention on himself all the time? No. Doesn't seem that way. Doesn't seem that way. Um, you know, and he's going to get a lot of attention because of how fiery he is, and there are going to be plenty of sideline cutaways. But Muleshoe, I think, has started to believe this, you know, that he's he's like the Albert Einstein of offense, like he invented offense. Question on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line, will the new transfer running back be eligible this season? Mecca Megwa? No, he will not be eligible. He is eligible to practice but not to play. Former four-star, what do you think? Uh, Transferred in from Washington? That's correct. Walk-on, not on scholarship right now. Or as you say in Oklahoma, Washington. Washington. Uh, But yes, not on scholarship at the moment, so he's taking the Justin Harrington path. But he is cleared to practice with the team, just not play. So we'll start to get a sense of how good Emeka Megwa really is. He dealt with injury over the cur- over the course of his uh, lone season at Washington. So it, it it's kind of a shot in the dark. You don't really know what you're going to get. And when you look at it from that perspective, you can't really go wrong bringing a guy like that yeah. in as a walk-on, former yeah. four-star. Like if PWO, you're giving him a scholarship, right. that's one thing. Right. But – if he's just saying, hey, I want to come compete at the University of Oklahoma, I want to prove I belong, and I'm willing to accept walk-on status and try to 
earn my way onto this team? You're down for it. Yeah, and he's a Texas kid. Where did he play high school in Texas again? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. We can go ahead and Google it up. Emeka Magua, four-star, went to the University of Washington, came through the portal and uh, transferring to the University of Oklahoma, preferred walk-on status at this point. All right, we've got a a bunch more uh, texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's get to those if we can while we have time. Yeah, I want to loop back to the depth chart, though. Because a couple other things that stand out that we didn't get to earlier. Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, we'd heard really good things about those two. But they're both, as true freshmen, in a very deep Oklahoma receiver room. Both of them in the two deep. Both big and strong, too. Working out with Schmitty. I used to, when I was in Wichita Falls, Texas, we covered Hershey High School. Wichita Falls, Hershey. And the coach back then was Bobby Page was his name. And we would go talk to him about the opponent every week. And every week he'd say, well, they're pretty good. They're big and strong. Every week they were big and strong. But Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, they're definitely big. And they're getting stronger with Jerry Schmidt. And uh, just like you look at, uh, you know, some of the defensive backs the Sooners are getting in the corners, they're not the, uh, the Smurfs like they, you know, like Buki, right? They're uh, and and I like that, you know, because you know the uh, the nightmare matchup for Sooner fans over the past couple of years has been had been Buki versus Charlie Kolar, right? That was never. Oh fun. man, that was that was never. That was like a jump ball between Minute Bowl and, and Muggsy Bogues. Yes, pretty much. So anyway, all right, time for a couple more. We'll get to as many as we can. Keep them coming in. Uh, how about a walk-on and Gavin Freeman in the three-deep? Man, there has been a lot of good conversation about him. A lot of good conversation about him. He's going to be a good football player at the University of Oklahoma. I'm trying to think what else on that depth chart really, really stood out. You know what you love to see if you're an Oklahoma fan? Billy Bowman in line to return kicks. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Billy Bowman is going to house a kick return in really? 2022. All right. The Sooners have not had a kick return touchdown since Joe Mixon in 2016 against Ohio State. I think that drought ends this year. Billy Bowman is the one to snap it. There you go. That's a bold prediction right there. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, Is the USC video aimed solely at Malachi Nelson? Mm, I don't know. The USC video that had the, you know, Baker and Kyler and Jalen Hurts in there. I think it was more of a, hey, look how great Muleshoe is. He's the guy who made Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts who they are. Please. It's interesting because if it is directed at Malachi Nelson, that says a lot about where that kid's recruitment is at right now. Doesn't it? Because he's already committed to USC. You shouldn't still be having to – produce exclusive promotional material for your quarterback of the future but are you still thinking that a&m's bag men may win out there or do you think it's more looking more yes good yes good 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 nice okay uh have you all discussed the stacy gage post on twitter i didn't see it did you Uh, he tweeted some video of himself talking on the sideline i only watched like the first 10 seconds of it but uh i didn't i from what I saw of it, I didn't think it was a big enough deal to talk about on the radio. Maybe I should have watched the whole video. Maybe I missed something. I yeah, let know. us know. 
let us know. Who's the kid from – was it the kid from uh, Duncanville who had the 98-yard team room? Durham, yep. Yeah, OU prospect. Yes, originally from Moore, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, yes, one of OU's few running back offers in the 2024 class. And Jackson Arnold had an unbelievable game. Right? That's the thing. That, 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 He's, there mean, were some quarterbacks across the country that did not look spectacular in week one. Malachi Nelson did not have a great first game. Arch Manning did not have a great first game. You know who had an awesome first game is one Jackson Arnold. Uh, he looked unbelievable. That dude looked the part of a five-star. And Peyton Bowen, and his brother had a heck of a game. Peyton Bowen's brother, right? Yeah, Peyton Bowen had a pick six. Mm-hmm. Eli Bowen had a scoop and score. Pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty good. Okay, so by the way, yeah, Arch Manning, you saw him run in. You know, they show Arch keeps it for a touchdown. If you're as old as me, you may remember those New York Live football commercials and the actors who played on defense <laughs> were so bad. That's what it looked like. He was playing against that New York Live team. I mean, it was, you know, if you've ever seen a bad football movie where they're trying to fake, like, diving for a tackle, that's pretty much what it looked like on Arch Manning's tape. That's usually TV. what it looks like on Arch Manning's tape. I mean, that guy is playing against, it, it, sometimes it looks like an eighth-grade football team. In some cases, that may actually be what it is. And maybe he's going to pan out and be, you know, the next great Manning quarterback. And, uh, you know, maybe Texas eventually could come back. Or maybe it'll be Quinn Ewers, probably not. But, yeah, when I see the video of Arch Manning, I'm like, man, there's no opposition there, hardly at all. All right, break time right here. Thank you to our second-hour sponsor, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, America. Great deal. Car, truck, SUV. Or used car. They had the selection and a great guarantee. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. We'll be right back. Steelman and Thune here on the ref. We are back. It is a Monday edition. Steelman Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, 2.30 for Oklahoma UTEP. In Norman this Saturday on Fox, Cowboys will start out Thursday night, Fox Sports 1 against Central Michigan. College football is finally here. All right, uh, recruiting news on Friday was huge for Oklahoma, and uh, everybody thought, yeah, hey, Macari Vickers, that's going to be a great get, but, man, too bad. They're going to miss out on Anthony Evans, the wide receiver out of Converse Judson in Texas, maybe the fastest wide out in the country, certainly among them. Uh, Parker said this could be their next Hollywood Brown, you know, D.D. Westbrook-type speedster. And uh, the thought was, man, George has made a great uh, closing here, and it looks like they're going to get Anthony Evans. But at the very last hour, Anthony Evans decided, you know what? I'm going to Oklahoma. So that was big news for the Sooners. It pushed them from number seven to number four in the 247 uh, recruiting rankings for team rankings. And uh, that's uh, you talk about what's happened with this class. It's been unbelievable. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. And uh, Parker, this really did come down to like the last hour. For No, it did. And, and, it uh, did. And because I was fully expecting, I was on my stream at the time, and I had my notifications on. I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm telling people, yeah, we're, while we're playing games, of course, and talking sports, I'm like, yeah, it looks like Anthony Evans going to Georgia, according to all the experts. So that that'll, you know, that's a that's a disappointment for Oklahoma. But you are going to get Macari Bickers, and then boom, it pops up. Anthony Evans commits to Oklahoma. I was like shocked. Like I said, to me, 
this is maybe the one that and look all when you talk about PJ Atabare and we're going to hear from him in a second but all the the really you know big recruits the Sooners have gotten commitments from OU fans are always happy but this one I compare a little bit to Colton Vosick, and Colton Vosick may still be number one on the list because he's the son of a former Texas player right there in the Longhorns' backyard. And, you know, that kind of flipped at the last minute for Oklahoma and then kind of the same way it did for Anthony Evans. So, for me, those two probably have been the biggest surprises. Like, wow, Oklahoma just got this kid, you know? By the way, I don't know if you saw the tape – I don't know if you saw what Colton Vosick did in Austin Westlake's season opener this past weekend. That dude is a terrifying football player. He is going to be very successful Any chance at the University of Oklahoma. He gets a five-star, a fifth-star? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's uh, there's just too far for him to rise. So they already have on, on the D-line Atabare, Derek LeBlanc, Colton Vosick, Everybody seems to believe right now that Oklahoma's in a great spot to get DJ Hicks. Then you throw in Jordan Renaud and to Celia Kana. I mean, that is that's a historic <laughs> defensive line class. Uh, I mean, that, all, all I mean, six of those guys look, are going to be top one hundred players. Now, five of them already are. Vasek will be a top one hundred. Again, sometimes these guys don't pan out as a five star. It happens. R.J. Washington didn't he get a? Wasn't he a five star? Yes, he was. Okay. Sometimes it it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But when you sign. You know, six of those guys, like it looks like Oklahoma's going to do, and maybe even seven, there's a pretty good chance that most of those guys are going to pan out. You know, so this class has been unbelievable for there Oklahoma. There is not a team in America right now that has a better edge duo committed than Oklahoma because P.J. Adebare and Colton Vosick converging on quarterbacks two, three years down the road is going to be a hellscape for opposing offensive linemen, quarterbacks, and coordinators alike. Let's hear what P.J. had to say. This happened uh, video uh, over the weekend. P.J. speaking about his commitment to Oklahoma and his senior season. Committed to the University of Oklahoma. You know, chose Oklahoma just because of the, uh, you know, family-oriented atmosphere they have there. Uh, you know, people, great, great people, great city, great fan base. You know, they just have everything that I'm that I'm looking for in a college. So, you know, that's why I chose them. Uh, expectations for my senior season. Uh, you know, just want to definitely be more, be more physical, more, more of a more versatile pass rusher. Um, you know, I, I, obviously, I want to win a state state championship like like always. Also, got some personal goals for for myself. You know, I, I would like to win. You know, things like defensive player of the year. Buck Buchanan Award, but, you know, for sure state state championship, like I said. P.J. Atabare talking about his commitment to Oklahoma and uh, one of Oklahoma's two five-stars right now along with Jackson Arnold, but it looks like uh, you're feeling pretty good, Parker, that Oklahoma's going to have four five-stars in this class well, before it's all I, said and done. Feel I wouldn't pretty say good feeling about that. pretty good. Feeling optimistic. I, I think OU gets D.J. Hicks. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion right now. The big question mark is Peyton Bowen. If you get Peyton Bowen, then yeah, you got four or five stars at that point. Mm. And that is one hell of a haul. Malachi in Coleman. Malachi Coleman, there, there's a chance. Is he going to get there? I'm, I I wouldn't count on it. But if there is a guy in the top 100 right now 
that can rise to five-star status with some elite tape this fall. It's probably Malachi Coleman just because, and we've had we've talked about this quite a bit, much like P.J. Adabare, Malachi Coleman just has some freaky physical tools where if you see it translate on tape at an elite level of production, you're going to have no choice but to send that guy skyrocketing up the recruiting rankings. Yeah, he, he looks like a freakish athlete. There's no doubt about it. All right, uh, 405-651-3439 in your Comfort Solutions text line. By the way, Riverwind Casino, birthday month, August. This guy, Justin over there at the GM, he's big time. Big time in their promotions department. Big time. They've got big promotions coming up for September. Remember what they did in August. They've already given away trips in the Battle of the Big Reds uh, promotion. Five trips to, uh, you know, patrons to go to the Oklahoma-Nebraska game and the Race to the Red River promotion. They've given away three trips there. And they've got more great stuff happening coming up next month. Plus, I want to remind you, if you go out to Riverwind Casino and you have, you know, a specific e-game that you play, one of the electronic gaming machines, uh, for years and years and years, Shea was always winning on uh, Open the Vaults. And, you know, you may have a little bit of an issue relocating your favorite gaming machine because they have moved to some of the machines. They're going through a renovation right now. But you can find games now in the Showplace Theater, all the electronic gaming machines, and at the River Lounge, and on the Skybridge. Three new gaming areas. Again, Showplace Theater, Skybridge, and the River Lounge. So if you want to know, man, where'd my machine go that I always went on? It's probably in one of those spots because they're all still there. They've just moved around a little bit, and the renovation is going to make uh, Riverwind even more spectacular. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, why don't we take an early break, and we will get back to as many texts as we can get to. On the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. Getting you ready for the weekend. Oklahoma UTEP, Saturday, 2.30 on Fox. Cowboys, Central Michigan on a Thursday night on FS1 at 6 o'clock. Be right back. Okay, back with you. Good to have you along. Let's get to as many uh, texts as we can on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. here on Monday edition of uh, Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Pre-game show begins at 8.30 on Saturday right here on the Ref. The Sooners in Texas, El Paso, down in the west, Texas, town of El Paso. <laughs> Forgot the lyric. All right. Uh, so Oklahoma, you get uh, you have a wide receiver right now in this class: Keon Brown, Anthony Evans, and uh, Jaquez Petaway. Pretty good trio, right? Pretty I would good. say so. Yeah, Keon Brown. I, I, you like that, you know? And Keon Brown, are you of the belief that he will move up to a four star before it's all <laughs> said and done? <laughs> yes, I am. Do you see what he did in his opener? I did not see that. Three touchdowns of seventy Holy plus yards. Holy cow! Very nice. Yeah, pretty that, good. That boy, good. That boy, good. Was and it between... against uh, Arch Manning competition, like a four nine defensive back, or what? No, it was not. He plays some pretty high level ball down there in Florida. Um, and with Jaquez Petaway and Anthony Evans, man, that is speed on speed on speed. 
I like it. You, 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 you've seen Jeff Lebby's hashtag. One of them is dime time, right? But the other one is score from far. Mm-hmm. Sooners are going to be doing a lot of scoring from far with those three. You want to score, don't you, baby? Sorry. Uh, let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Keon will be a high four-star, says Shane from Newcastle. Shane I don't know about, knows. I don't know about high, but he'll be a four-star. I don't question that. Another listener says, I stayed at Holiday Inn Express a few times. By mule shoe standards, I should update my resume to include having participated in running a successful <laughs> worldwide hotel chain. Pretty good. Pretty good. Marty Robbins says, West mm-hmm. Texas, town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl. That's right. That's Is that a song one. that I just Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a famous one. He also did El Paso City, was pretty good. And uh, oh, Marty, gosh, Ma- I'm too young. Ma- Marty Robbins, you probably like some of his stuff. Uh, nobody has really talked about Macari Vickers pulling out a golden hat. Pretty sweet way to I do know. it. You know, I feel almost bad a little bit for Macari Vickers because that's a great get for OU, too. But everybody was of the belief that, oh, man, OU's going to lose out on Anthony Evans to Georgia here at the last minute. And then, you know, everybody was so flipped out that Anthony Evans decided, you know what? Mm, no, let's go to Norman. That I don't know if it overshadowed Macari Vickers' deal, but. Maybe just a little bit, but it was a great Friday for OU. I will say, if you have not yet seen the commitment interview that I did with Macari, head to the OU Insider on 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and check that out because Macari is a fantastic kid. Why did I not know about that? I could have cut some audio. Don't presume the old man knows everything. Say, Steely, guess what? I got Macari Vickers. Here's the link. I would have I would have cut us up a couple clips. Well, maybe we can have some of that tomorrow. I would have I would have cut one for you. Well, no, that doesn't sound right. I would have put together a couple clips for you, just future reference. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, Macari Vickers though, so so impressed with that kid. Not just as a football player, but as a person. He's one of those guys that just has team captain written all over him. Like it would not shock you if he's a team captain one day for Oklahoma. He's also one of the guys that will have the opportunity to play early because of his versatility. We we talked about, you know, and we heard from P.J. Adebare, and he talked about one of the big reasons why he's at Oklahoma, number one, the tradition, but the family, you know, atmosphere and the family values, and you can laugh at all that stuff. You can laugh about it, but you know what? It's working because what do we say? And it's not like, oh, you doesn't have any NIL stuff happening. They do. No, OU's broke, Steely. But they're not relying on that. These kids are not coming to OU because they're getting a great NIL deal. Now, they may think, you know what? I can play well at Oklahoma and make some money off my name, image, and likeness. I get that. But it's not like what's going on at other places, right? So that shows you, man, there's a belief. And and I think, man, if you're a mom or a dad and you got a prospect and Oklahoma's on your list, you're probably feeling really good about sending your kid to play for this coaching staff. Right, they're going to work them hard, but as Brent said, going to love them more. And I don't think you know any of this is some you know BS. It's just not like you're not going to find out, you know, that Brent Venables is talking to Trace Armstrong behind the scenes one day, and he's going to up and you know. By the way, did you see Brent Venables was apparently running stadium steps earlier this afternoon out in the 90 degree heat? Good lord! Culture from the top rope. Well. I, look, I, I get, like, we were playing some of the sound. Uh, you know, David Pollock was the only guy on the uh, 
game day show to pick Oklahoma to win the Big 12. Desmond Howard, not very smart. Uh, if you looked at his playoff list, but he picked ba- uh, picked Baylor, which I have no problem with that. Baylor could very easily win it. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit picked Baylor. Uh, Lee Corso, I give Corso pretty much a pass on anything these days. He picked Texas. But, you know, if you are not looking and seeing this up close like we are, you know, I don't think you really realize what's happening here in, in the true culture change. And sometimes when I hear that stuff, I'm like, man, everybody talks about culture. But I think this is very real what's happening at OU. It doesn't mean they're going to go out and run the table and be, you know, the, the fourth team in the playoff this year. They may not win the Big 12. I like their schedule, and that's why I favor them, too, because of who they have at home. But there's a transformation happening right now. There is no doubt about that. One listener on the text line says, Steely's butthead impression almost caused me to drive off the road. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I just remember the, that episode where they were on a dating service. You don't want to score, baby, don't you? Yeah, yeah. One listener says, you'd have to be an idiot to pick Nebraska going to the Big Ten Championship. Looking at you, catch radius. Did he actually do that? Did he pick Nebraska to go to the Big Ten Championship? Um, Catch radius refers to Kirk Herbstreet, by the way. Did he? I think he did. I think he picked them to go. Yeah, I think he picked them to go out of the – they're in uh, which division? The Big Ten West. Okay, they're the West. I didn't remember if they were the Legends or whatever anymore or what. But, yes, uh, unless I – my mind, look, I'm an old man. Sometimes I don't know who I am, where I am, or what I'm talking about, but I'm almost positive that's right. One listener says, is Jalen Redmond really not starting, or is that a motivation thing? Here's what you need to understand. Jalen Redmond has been banged up this month throughout fall camp. He has been banged up. So it's not a total shock to see Jordan Kelly listed as a co-starter because of the issues that Redmond has had health-wise. Of course, he was in concussion protocol briefly. Look, Jalen Redmond when healthy, is still the best interior defensive lineman that Oklahoma has. And assuming he is healthy, I have no question that that or is going to disappear by midseason and Jalen Redmond will be firmly entrenched as the starter at that position. But as of right now, I think Jordan Kelly is listed as a co-starter more than anything else because of concerns about Redmond's health. There you go. Whose old man glasses are these? They're just laying in here. Oh, those aren't yours? No, these aren't mine. These, these, these might be from the Barry Twamel collection. I've got them down on my nose, way down. They fit pretty well, but because I already packaged mine up. You know, old's coming for everybody. I'm just here to tell you it's not fun. All right, uh, we got to get out of here. Thank you guys for all your texts. And, uh, by the way, some injury news, bad news. Cole Adams again. Got that news over the weekend done for the year, right? Eric McCarty. Got banged up. Not good. Uh, I'm PJ sure Adabare and Samuel Masigo are banged up, too, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure you guys may get into that a little bit with uh, Tyler on Locked In, which is coming up next right here on The Ref. Everybody have a marvelous Monday. It's game week, folks. Get your game face on right now. I want to see it. All right. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group and Paul's Valley, sponsor- Paul's Valley sponsoring hour number two. Locked In coming up next. We'll see you.